0: Startup Hacks, a We Global podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Janae Aizenstros. Welcome, Janae.
1: Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm
0: so excited. It's my pleasure. I wanted to share with the audience, if I may, a little bit about your background and then have you give us your own POV. So Jeanne is the chairwoman and CEO of Ahava Group Global, a woman-led modern media parent company that serves fortune and multinational media companies in 15 locations globally. This year, she reached a new height in her career when she scaled the Hava Group Global to nine figures, which I might add is quite impressive. <laughs> she is an internationally recognized leader and is the creator of the first impact fund in Canada led by an Afro-Canadian woman that focuses on women entrepreneurs creating social impact through technology. And I will say, Jeanne is quite impressive, and we're so excited to have you. So welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Fernanda. Um yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here and starting to share my story more on how everything happened. So I'm excited to see what mischief we get up to.
0: Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I thought it might be good just for context for the audience. If you kind of in your own words, give us a little flavor about your upbringing, where you came from, how you got started in business, your background, all that good stuff.
1: Sure. Um, So I'm born and raised in Guelph, Ontario. I'm a Guelphite, um, uh, which Guelph, Ontario is the agricultural hub of Canada. We're approximately just a little over an hour west of Toronto. So Toronto is definitely in arm's reach. Um, it's just a really beautiful, nature-oriented, creative, entrepreneurial-driven, holistic wellness, shamanism. Like you're growing up around like everything that's trending that's good right now in society just existed in this ecosystem. And I think it very much lent to the person that I became. My parents are um, from the Caribbean. My mom is from St. Vincent and my dad is from Aruba. Um, but grew up in St. Vincent and so I'm a really unique breed of person, you know, um, growing up and my brothers and I really just, um, when I look back on it now I just, uh, even to date I still really don't exist, just based upon <laughs> my cultural diversity and background. And so um, I think a lot of these things made me who I am. You know, my parents were very hardworking people, and I always share with people, it's not about um, so much about going to school and getting formalized education, as it is about using the gifts that God gave you, um, and it's how you utilize them, and if you have a strong work ethic and believe in yourself, you literally can move mountains, Um, and um, I've seen that resonate and transform in my life, so I'm a strong believer in that.
0: Wonderful! Well, that's such an <clears throat> excuse me incredible story, and the um, the breadth of your professional work has um, been really impressive. The the companies that you've been able to start and their growth and their scale. So I'm wondering if um, if you wouldn't mind um, diving in and telling us a little bit about how that all came about.
1: Sure. So in 2011, um, I actually. Um, Went to my ex husband, I and I asked him for a divorce, and then I went in and took my first business meeting, and that's for the company known to date as I have a digital group, um, and I have a digital group. I always share with many entrepreneurs, you know, you have to start somewhere, and don't expect that the company that you start is going to look the same 10 years later. It's not, and you don't want it to. Um, So I have a digital has definitely gone through many incarnations and it was called something else um, before. And I won't reiterate what it was called because the name was horrible. Um, (laughs) I was making a joke about that the other day, but um, I started to have a digital group and that really spawned out of at the beginning. I didn't really have a clear vision. What I knew was I had a vision of starting um, some type of brand online um, and initially, I was just doing branding and um, for influencers, um, including myself. And then I launched into publishing because during that time, I was writing, reading, and writing books and writing for um, major platforms. And so, I launched a self-publishing company that was geared towards um, leaders that were in um, leaders that were established or emerging leaders, um, influencers that definitely had a mind a mindfulness focused with their um initiatives and so what we ended up doing is really focusing on um the media part of that because many young or established authors just need media exposure and it's really hard with books so we became focused on that and then um around 2016 my company hit um seven figures and then um what I decided to do was to split at the time um we had I have a digital was a full service digital consultancy and what we did was um but it was more creative focused. so we split it and we turned it into a digital consultancy and then that was the birthing of 1221 illustration which now is more of our artists and representation and creative arm where we work with brands to kind of like work on brand voice using animation digital um uh, data visualizations painting um, whatever a company needs to um, to create more emotional connection with their audience. So that's what we initially did there. And then, um, so I think things happened um, organically over time. It wasn't it was never meant like when I initially started this vision, I never, by any means foresaw that i have a digital would become what it became today mm-hmm. um so 2016 i pivoted the company into that digital consultancy we were already in pretty much different markets where we were having clients and then went on to opening other um locations and then um it was data it's actually been the data that spiraled uh, us into this uh, this echelon of the nine figure realm um it was, we were definitely doing growth and scale for organizations and, pl- and I was like, there's plenty of agencies that do that. But the one thing that we started focusing in on was direct um, targeted um, growth and scale plans where we have ethically sourced data and can connect um, with um, the consumer of the client in a, an emotional and intuitive way using data <laughs> technology.
0: Wow, that's quite a story. All on the heels of a divorce, no less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you want to know something? I, I, I'm um, Right now, I am receiving an award is coming out tomorrow. And um, my ex-husband actually, ha- or my former husband, I should say, ha- actually happens to be one of my best friends. And um, he he was, he stood by me through, like, he, regardless, like, he was actually the seed funder of my company when we were going through our divorce. So I always share with people, you know, um, I have the ideal divorce situation. Um, Many people are not as lucky as I am when walking through that transition
0: in their life. Absolutely. Well, that makes a huge difference. So, so let's transition to the next section, which is really the startup hack secrets that we want to dig out of you, given um, given all that you've done. So all, on, all entrepreneurs share their desire and their need to save time, money, and maintain an edge. I think it's something that we all really share. And there are a lot of tech book, textbooks out there on business management. But building a company, as you know from scratch, I, I like to say, is often like riding a bull. Hard to predict, requires real stamina, and everyone as different techniques on how to stay on so what would be some of your strategies that you'd like to share or techniques resources kind of jeanet secret sauce that you found works for you and your work to you know address things like time management self-care maintaining a competitive edge or even software and services that you've used uh, early days that helped you save money that led to efficiency and success
1: well, I'll share this. Um, time management has never been a difficult area in my in my um, walk. I'm, I would say that in terms, of, I'm a high performing, very organized planner, time manager. So that part was the easy part. Um, the prioritization part is something that I'm kind of circling back now to teach women entrepreneurs on what that looks like and and how I've been able to tap into that was focusing on energetic capacity. You know, I do everything based upon when is my energetic capacity at its greatest throughout the day, and then um, and then kind of and I do all of my revenue generating tasks at the at the the time of day where my energetic capacity capacity is the greatest, and then and when as it starts to dip off or to to become less and less, that's when I start having the the engagement so a lot of times in the afternoons after lunch and you know when after lunch you have that low blood sugar. <laughs> Russia. Even though I've tried everything. It doesn't matter if I have salad. It doesn't matter if I have carbs. I'm still the same. I just want to lay down. So generally, that's when I have my investor meetings because I get to listen to all these brilliant founding entrepreneurs. So a lot of times my um, two of my CIO and my CDO will come in. We'll have our conversations about what's happening in our deal flow. So that's one of the the growth hacks that I had to develop. But I'm just going to circle back to something. When I started my company, I started it with $20 on a Squarespace website. And a lot of times people are like, how do you take $20 and turn it into a a, a mid-nine-figure organization? And so I'm going to share this. Um, One of the things that I will share with entrepreneurs is that you have to start somewhere. And it also depends on um, what the product and service that you are looking to create Um, or looking to grow and scale. And I think there's been such an emphasis on um, getting capital or this venture capital conversation that a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm finding if they don't get that, they become stagnant. And so there are some some tiny little loopholes for some of you, especially the ones that have um, a service that they can actually get through that hurdle. One of the things is, is that when I was building my company, I was still doing freelance work, as well as um, I actually worked for a tech company doing support while I was building my company quietly in the background. Plus on top of that, um, plus on top of that, I, and that actual tech company later became a client. But what I share with people is that sometimes having a side hustle. So I looked at anything that wasn't my business became my side hustle. And that was just more or less to ensure that I was able to take care of my kids, I was able to eat, as able to do certain things. And it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it kept me available to my children, kept me not, you know, sinking. And it also... Um, a lot of me to be able to totally focus on my company. I see a lot of people that are jumping out of the corporate world and into business. And then they're thinking that all of a sudden I have this great idea. It's just going to be successful. Anybody that's been an entrepreneur can tell you there is no straight path to success. It is. Uh, and for some, it could be a living nightmare. I think if anything, COVID yes. <laughs> has definitely showed who is Who is the weak and who is the strong? Because (laughs) uh, in fairness, I think that COVID was the ideal time to start a business, especially an online business. I can tell you from um, even talking to our president, Jolene, um, that... Like, I have a digital is crazy busy just with econ projects right now. But some of the growth hacks that I will share with entrepreneurs, especially in regards to money, because that was my area that I wasn't the strongest, even though I have a wide heaping career in finance, like that was just not an area I cared for. And I kept feeling like, the god was ushering me into finance and I'm oh like, i can't stand finance so boring but now when i look back on it i see why that needed to happen so when i connect the dots i totally understand that um why that was so important at the time because being able to read financial statements being able to make financial decisions whether i'm leasing and credit structure all of those things are really important um for entrepreneurs especially when starting so some of the things that I would share with entrepreneurs when starting is two big things do not wait to do this you need to start with um, to reinvest all of your dollars and cents back into your company you also um, in the beginning if you cannot get seed funding until you actually start making enough money that you can start paying yourself and paying yourself means you are just covering the basics. This is not an opportunity to be like, hey, you know, we got $10,000 in per month. Dude, let's go and like party. No, this is not the time right. party. And I hear, and I see a lot of entrepreneurs do this. I remember when I was interviewing accountants in the beginning, um, I had an accountant um, that told me, and I think that he was a managing partner, who said to me, well, now that all your expenses are paid, you can just spend the rest of the money. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you're an accountant. Even I know that doesn't make any sense.
0: Right.
1: Um, and so, and of a reputable firm too. So I just found that really odd. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm frugal, but I was uh, just a really good steward over what I had. So side hustle is important, you know, um, so that way you take care of your um, your day-to-day needs if you can do that. Then also reinvesting, especially for the first year or two, try reinvesting back into your company. I still to date have not taken a paycheck from a Digital. Um, and regardless, because- wow. um, I have so many, and it's also creating multiple streams of income. As your company grows, you should also be looking at other opportunities on how you can grow. Entrepreneurship is about self-development. That It's the greatest tool of self-development that I have ever walked through. Um, and I've been doing self-development since I was like an early teenager, probably even prior to that. And so I think it's just really... Um, important that entrepreneurs that are serious about entrepreneurship commit to the journey of self and also become really adaptable. Mentors are important. You know, um, this award that's coming out tomorrow, you know, I'm writing up my thank you speech um, and all the people that were there for me along the way and all the mentors that I had, you know, they stood by me and some of them in the beginning, I didn't even have any money, and they were willing to work with me. They, some of the people that work for me, have been here from the beginning and believed in the dream more than I believed on um, certain days because I was at a place of where I had no money, and and sometimes there was no money even to to um, give to these people. And I will share with people that the reason why I think my some of the team did that for me had to do with integrity. Mm-hmm. It was me. They were they were sold on me, and they knew I would never. I was not walking away. I was committed to this vision for the long haul.
0: Wow. Well, those are, I think, some really great recommendations. Um, and it's, I completely agree. Uh, entrepreneurship is really a, a journey of self-development that never really ends, which is the beauty of, of, of entrepreneurship. I I wanted to ask you um, a couple other questions related, but slightly differently. Um If you could wave a magic wand, what one thing that drives you crazy do you wish someone would find a solution for that would help your productivity and or your sanity? Oh, wow. One? (laughs) (laughs) One.
1: Um, I would probably say, like, I think that there probably are tools um, for, but I, I, I do know in agency life, many of us have had to develop proprietary Um, like in-house, like personal platforms to kind of manage um, project management and all the different facets of our company. There is a product that I do use that's fairly good and has good customization, but it doesn't do everything. And it's actually Domo. Um, Yeah. Domo is a great platform and it allows like someone in my position, especially since I'm not involved in day-to-day and even though I was a great delegator, I was also somebody that still, you know, I was relinquishing my baby and and having someone else, another person step into this role. So it gave me the opportunity to look at all, the entire company from everything from finance to projects, to metrics, to what was coming in, sales, everything, wow. um, like, like everything. I could customize it in that way. But there were certain limitations even within within the product. And I think that agencies need something that, um, and I guess every agency is different, but we need a platform that can do everything from onboarding from the initial point of conversation with the client through the, the sales hold process, all the way to the onboarding, all the way to the, the entire project, all the way to when um, that client either it remains or leaves
0: the origin, right? Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Well, that's a good idea. Maybe somebody out there will develop that.
1: Maybe I should develop that.
0: Maybe you should.
1: (laughs) I should develop that.
0: All right. So here's my, here's another question. um, That's um, different, but also related. One thing we didn't cover is self-care. And I think as women, we play so many different roles and oftentimes we're kind of last on that list is there any one thing that you always do for yourself that um helps to kind of replenish your energy and your spirit
1: yeah um so i'm really big on meditation and prayer and what a lot of people don't know about me is that i actually have about three and a half hours of self-care built into every day Wow. Um, i wake up at four i pray meditate i exercise um Then I usually do all of my administrative tasks, um, get everything ready for the day. And then I, um, yeah, and I get everything ready for the day. And then I usually have breakfast with my kids. And like pre-COVID, I'd have breakfast with my kids and then they would be off to school and then I would go in the forest for a walk. And sometimes just going in that forest for a walk just gave me the opportunity to like totally unwind, get prepped for you know, all the meetings that I would be walking back into.
0: That's great. How wonderful. Yeah. That's and then wonderful. in the evening
1: time, I have a nice cozy bath just to like unwind the day, throw in some lavender. Oh my I God,
0: girlfriend, yeah. you got it going on. We need to yeah. uh, take a page from your book for sure.
1: Yeah. And on my Fridays, my Fridays are my self-care day. So I, I like, I, my company, we only work till one, everybody globally, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fridays. And so from two to six, I, I, get my hair done, manicure, pedicure, massage, Reiki. I do it all.
0: Wow. Okay. I had to
1: teach myself to do that though. I had to teach myself to do that because in 2015, I um, crashed and burned and I, I was not functioning um, well at all. I had an autoimmune attack that literally could have taken my life. And if I did not um, get myself together um, and it was in, it was actually onset by stress and so I'm like, if it's stress, this is something that could be easily mitigated. So,
0: well, I'm glad that you addressed it, and you are the picture of health. So obviously, you're doing something. You're doing something very right. So, well, I'm so
1: trying. Uh, thank you, but I'm trying to lose this COVID weight. I took full <laughs> advantage of COVID to eat whatever I want, and now I'm having to work my butt off to to get rid of this little <laughs> thing that I have happening here.
0: Well, you know, well, all of us, quite frankly. Janae, I know you've done a, a lot of work in leadership, and it's something that you're very, um, very proud of and you think is really important, as, as do I. And I'm wondering, in that vein, if, um, if there's an entrepreneur out there listening today, what one piece of advice would you give him or her that you wish someone had told you when you were starting out? Be intentional.
1: Intentionality has become the theme of my last three years, but I'm such an advocate for intentionality. Many entrepreneurs start out the gate and they rush into things without um, crossing T's and dotting I's because they're just so excited to get their idea out there. And I see this primarily happening even with women entrepreneurs because so much of the power paradigm, which is so much masculine energy, has completely overshadowed all the brilliance that women bring to leadership, which are some of, I don't like calling them softer skills because we are by no means soft. We are very strong, but I would probably say our skill sets are much more emotionally intuitive. Um and how we approach something and they have they have more of a softened edge if i was to share that and one of the things that i've discovered with women leaders is that they are intentional it's not a rush to get there first it's more of how can i create an amazing product that even when i do get to where i want to be you know it creates impact and and unfortunately one of the lessons that I've learned, um, when I first joined EO, um, we did, and anybody that's familiar with the Entrepreneurs' Organization um, knows about Forum, um, and Forum is like a, a round table discussion with the people that you have very intimate conversations, and just kind of listening to some of the struggles, and just so people know, EO is when is for people that just have hit seven figures in their business. And with that being said, you know, I had to listen to all these problems of people that should have done things like having accountants and lawyers from the beginning. Well, you can't circle back. If you had been intentional, that would never have been an issue. So um, now being a part of YPO, the conversation is totally different. and, um, And that's usually for seasoned leaders. So it's one area that I would share with entrepreneurs is be intentional so you don't have to circle back.
0: And by intentional, I just wanted to double check to make sure that I'm uh, hearing you correctly. Is that being very clear on your why? Clear on your why and having a
1: strong, that's like your value proposition. You'd be surprised how many companies or P, or, or startups don't have a clear value proposition and not understanding the importance of the value proposition. The VP is actually gives you so much clarity on when on directly honing in on who your ideal target is. You can't create a marketing plan based upon that. you can't even you don't even know how much capital you need until you know exactly who that person is that you are looking that is looking to acquire your product or service.
0: A hundred percent. I could not agree with you more. Very good. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Janae. It's been an incredible pleasure to have you on the show and to share all your wisdom on Startup Hacks today. Your insights were so helpful. And if our listeners would like to reach out to you or learn more about your company or about you, where should they go?
1: Um, well, if they want to learn more about me, they can find me at com. I am on social media under Jay AzenStross. So they can find me, whether that be LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter or Facebook, Um, Instagram and LinkedIn are probably the best places to find me. Um, And at the company, it's ahavagroup.co or if they're looking for investment, they can go to um, ahavaholdings.ventures.
0: Great. And why don't you spell your last name just to help their search? Sure. Um, My last name is spelled A-I-Z-E-N-S for Sam,
1: T-R-O-S for Sam.
0: Okay, so you can send all your fan mail to her on social media. Well, thank you again. And I'd like to ask you to tune in next week for more startup hacks. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that can save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women. And for more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. I'm your host, Fernanda Karen. Pina and we'll see you next week.